0: we've been so conditioned to not listen to our body, to see what is trendy, see what someone else is doing, look this certain way, fit into this certain size, tell your body to shut up, do everything you can to never talk about your period because it's gross and weird. We're always kind of being suppressed and being separated from our bodies. So it can be really hard to know what the hell does work for my body. I'm Blaine Cuspin,
1: and this is the Mind Body Mother Podcast, where we dive into the nitty gritty of all things physical and mental well-being for moms, future moms, and all who identify with the motherhood journey. There is no such thing as TMI, taboo topics, or oversharing in these conversations with myself, a mom of two, and my incredible village of wellness experts. If it will help you physically, mentally, and emotionally, we're digging into it in these conversations. So grab that twice reheated coffee or tea, press play, and join me. This is the Mind Body Mother Podcast. Today I am chatting with integrative health practitioner, Sarah Teeple, who is located right here where I am in Louisville, Kentucky. So I actually went to Sarah when I was pregnant with Harper and having some digestive issues, and she was able to give me some practical, realistic tips for how to nourish and soothe some of these issues that I was having during pregnancy. Sarah is such a wealth of knowledge. She is both an Ayurvedic nutrition coach and a certified holistic health counselor. This conversation is packed with so many takeaways on how to nourish your body through all of the seasons of motherhood. So we go through preconception and trying to conceive, to pregnancy, postpartum perimenopause, menopause, and postmenopause. And she gives us some specific tips on what our bodies are doing through an Ayurvedic lens and kind of what we typically would need during those phases. And also just explains some general women's hormone health knowledge through this ancient wisdom lens. She also talks about her journey, which she describes as an older mom and what that was like for her, how she overcame some of the obstacles that she had with trying to conceive her children, and some really great perspective here on just how to really make sure that we're basing what we're doing on our individual needs and how to really tune in in a way that feels intuitive and is really more like how generations before us might have tuned in to what their needs were. So without any further ado, let's get into it.
0: So tell us what first ignited your health journey. Oh my goodness. Like so many people, my my own health and my own questions that I had about my health really ignited my journey. Ever since being young, I'd always been really interested in nutrition. And I became a vegetarian when I was 12, like for ethical reasons. I later found out that a vegetarian diet is actually not very good for my blood type, nor was it very good for my hormones. But I did maintain that vegetarian veganism until my mid-20s when I found out it wasn't working for me in some different ways. Um, But my main dive into nutrition and then specifically functional medicine as a career path came in 2008 when I had a toxic chemical exposure at a place where I was working. I used to work at a women and family shelter um, when I wasn't on tour with my rock band. <laughs> so did a lot of different things back then. Um, but I had a chemical exposure that caused me a lot of respiratory issues, as well as so much anxiety and a lot of skin issues. You know, our Our microbiomes, not just our gut microbiome, but our lung microbiome, is very much connected to our skin. Sometimes issues will happen um, in your skin if you're having respiratory issues. So that really flared up in me. I had a major inflammatory response that lasted years, and doctors had no no options for me. It was like, take this inhaler as though you have asthma. Like, but I don't have asthma or take this Xanax for your anxiety. And, you know, there was just a lot more going on. So I really um, dove into anti-inflammatory diets and became gluten and dairy free. Um, And that kind of sparked my passion. And then it's just been an unfolding from there. That's
1: so interesting. And to hear about how the respiratory microbiome and the skin Are connected is really interesting too. There's so many connections in the body that I feel like oftentimes we isolate something to one area that we're working on when really there's other connections too that we don't even realize are impacting whatever that thing is.
0: Oh, yeah, that's so beautifully put, Helene. And I think you're exactly right. And, you know, as a kind of convenient segue, that very concept is basically what led me to Ayurveda. Ayurveda is an ancient Indian system of medicine. It dates back three to 5,000 years. Dating back that far, it's kind of hard to know an exact date, but it's um, a natural, holistic system of medicine using nutrition and herbs and really seeing people for their individual constitutions. So your Ayurvedic health plan is not one size fits all. It's very individualized. But, you know, even... So, by about 2016 and 17, after being in nutrition and a health coach and kind of doing a more Western functional medicine nutritional approach, um, I myself was still having a lot of gut issues, constipation. I was having serious anxiety. I had amenorrhea. I hadn't had a period for years. Um, and we'll, you know, maybe talk about that when we talk about my fertility journey. But I realized that. I wasn't really kind of treating my whole system or there was some big missing piece. And it turns out that I was eating very incorrectly for my constitution. So I was eating things that were, even though they were in the Western kind of wellness zeitgeist, you know, trending wellness stuff, my salads and smoothies and my yoga and my bulletproof coffee were all this perfect thing, dietarily speaking. But for my gut, And metabolic digestive style the wrong things just driving my constipation which worsen my anxiety because you know it's all like this big flow chart you know um so when i found ayurveda and learned about a vata pacifying diet vata is one of the doshas and to pacify means to like soothe this particular style it all clicked and i was just like wow i've been kind of working against my own body, trying to love my body, but in this way, very accidentally working against it, you know, best of intentions. But I just didn't know, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Mm.
1: So true. And I love how you say the wrong foods for my body, because I think that There's so much that's individual, whether it's diet or exercise, and it's so hard to know. And when we find those things that feel good for us, which can be a really challenging path, that's when things really click together.
0: Yes. What you said about knowing what works for our body, you know, one, it's so important, but two, it can be very hard to really decode that and know, and especially in our culture, because we've been so conditioned To not listen to our body. We've been very conditioned to see what is trendy, see what someone else is doing. You know, back in the 80s and 90s, when I grew up, I'm showing my age a little bit more, you know, I was conditioned by like marketing and commercials on TV telling me about like slim fast shakes and this diet and this low-fat food. But, you know, all this messaging, wherever it's coming from, to most of us women and young women is all about look this certain way, fit into this certain size, you know, tell your body to shut up, do everything you can to never talk about your period because it's gross and weird. You know, it's like we're always kind of being suppressed and repressed and being separated from our bodies. So it can be really hard to know what the hell does work for my body. You know, for a lot of my clients, part of our journey is just getting you back in touch with yourself so you can even know that.
1: So interesting. And What do you think is the best way to kind of balance that? So all of these messages that we're hearing from the media, we're trying to now move away, right, from diet culture. There's a shift here, but then what's on the other side where we can still care about what we're putting in our body without having some of that toxicity or that negativity and we can still cultivate this positive body image? How do we find
0: that balance? Mm, yes, yeah. to care about your health and wellness, but have it be coming from a really self-loving place of honoring your body. I think that's a great question. And I think that, for me at least, is where I like to hearken back to these ancient traditions because it's like, okay, this is what has worked for human beings, for human bodies for a really long time. So, for instance, in Ayurveda, there's kind of a general way to eat. There's some general themes, you know, more warm cooked foods, more warming digestive spices, three meals a day around the same time every day. So there are kind of these very basic, intuitive, wise rules of thumb. And then, you know, so following those or, or, you know, being open to those, seeing how they feel in your body, how you can fit them into your life. So- life-changing, gut-changing, and, you know, important. And then beyond that, you can get to know your dosha, your personal constitution, and you can sort of individualize it further. But I think that in and of itself is a really good starting point to see, you know, what is some ancient wisdom? What is some tried and true, even kind of like grandma wisdom? Sometimes I refer to Ayurveda as like things your grandma might have told you, you know, Um, Bundle up and eat some soup, you know, in the winter. It's, It's very intuitive and almost seems too simple. But we go against or we do things that are very converse to that intuition a lot of the time, and it really accumulates.
1: Definitely. And I do feel like when we can get away from some of those more negative messages that we see in the media, especially after having kids about having to bounce back or do this diet or this exercise, and just even moving onwards in our motherhood journey through the years, it's nice to be able to reconnect to that intuition and to those roots Mm -hmm. of what really did work for women and families over the years before we got clouded with with some of this information overload. What do you think is the biggest misconception people have
0: about Ayurveda? To me, the biggest one, the one that I overcome or bridge the gap most with clients and just friends and colleagues is that Ayurveda is very kind of foreign and rigid and mysterious. You know, people are like, all right, am I going to have to make some like spicy Indian food and eat it for three meals a day and I'm never going to be able to like have ice cream or you know a piece of cheese or something like that um and it it is not super rigid it's more kind of a philosophy to understand and that's why i feel like it's so healing because it's really kind of a shift in your mindset and your lifestyle and you know so much of that kind of simple basic Ancient grandma wisdom. Um, and we apply it to Western food. You know, so often, my clients, you know, whether they're fertility clients, pregnant, postpartum, um menopausal, or perimenopausal, you know, we're having them eat things that they already love but we're tweaking some things about it, you know, like we're tweaking your favorite recipe to make it work so much better for your digestive style. Or we're having you maybe, oh, have that for lunch and then, you know, something a little more simple for dinner. Um, But there are so many different ways we can apply these concepts, even to things that we're doing in our everyday Western busy lives.
1: Yeah, that's so cool. And I was hoping that maybe I know that You know, Ayurveda is so individualized, but if you can just have maybe one or two takeaways that people listening can try out for each phase, if you will, of motherhood. So, starting with Mm -hmm. preconception and take us through even post menopause, if you just have maybe one or two things that really resonate with each of those phases Mm. for us.
0: Absolutely. I love this. Yeah, I love your. Your mention and honoring of the phases. Um, and each different phase, you know, the four phases you mentioned, um, the first three are very closely tied with one of the doshas called Pitta. So there are three doshas Vata, Pitta, Kapha. And kind of the takeaway is that in adulthood, so preconception, pregnancy, and even postpartum. Um, the one dosha pitta, we're going to kind of be managing and nourishing and loving. And then once we're hitting menopause – Um, a dosha called vata. And so doshas are not only tied to different people, different individuals, your dosha, my dosha, but different times of life. So that's kind of cool because some people think, oh my gosh, do I need to like take some long dosha quiz assessment to know my dosha? No, there are certain things we can do at different times. And so to bring that back to your question, that first phase, that preconception phase, one of the biggest takeaways uh, or sort of guidance uh guideposts that ayurveda would offer would be that this is a really important time to kind of get in touch with your spirituality because your mental emotional spiritual well-being will really set the stage for a healthy pregnancy And that even the moment that you have your first desire to be a mother, to be pregnant, you're sort of starting to call in that soul that's going to be your baby. You know, we don't know when it's going to happen. You know, some people that don't carry their own babies, you know, but they still want to be moms. We don't know when you're going to be matched with that baby or child, but just the spiritual piece of it. Connecting, you know, deeply connecting with your partner or your support system connecting with your spirituality, whatever that means, kind of your faith, being connected to whatever makes you feel just super whole and trusting and loving and loved. Um, Because as you know, and as anyone who's been a mama knows, pregnancy, postpartum, you know, all of it can be a lot um, for your mind, body, spirit. So connecting to that spirituality in whatever way that means for you, I would say that's number one and the number two physically we just want to start to really keep our focus on nourishment and hydration um cuz in our culture we're so go 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 that we're often like living off coffee which is very dehydrating and very aggravating to hormones um and we're often dieting for you know some reason whether it's you know social pressures or whatever um or, you know, our own body image issues. Um, And so we're not really deeply nourishing ourselves. So uh, physically nourishment and hydration, and then on the spiritual side, just really connecting to support systems, uh, people-wise and universal support of spirituality. During pregnancy, you know, I would say that rest and hydration are super, super important, as well as really... Honoring your cravings. Um, cravings can have so much to do with like potential mineral deficiencies or macronutrient. You know, not getting enough protein, carbohydrate, or fat, um, and can just be so directly linked to what your baby needs. So honor those cravings. So we'll let's circle back to kind of hitting some
1: of the other phases um, of of what we can do with ayurveda during those phases but while we're on this topic what was your journey like to growing your family
0: oh my goodness mine was um it was a roller coaster i'll tell you um we had so as i had mentioned a little bit earlier i had amenorrhea for lots of years and i had that um after getting a Mirena IUD removed, um, and this is relatively common after having that, you know, synthetic hormonal IUD, some women, it takes them quite a while to regain a uh, regular cycle. Um, for me, it just was years. You know, also though, during that time, I was, um, I had some personal things that I had gone through. I went through a relatively traumatic divorce and some life Traumas and various things in 2015, and after those events, it's like my digestion just stopped. <laughs> like it just wasn't working anymore. Um, my anxiety skyrocketed. This was before I found Ayurveda, but this was what sort of led me to find Ayurveda. Um, and it was so interesting because I went through the divorce partially because. I knew that I wanted to live a different life, a more holistically healthy and spiritual life. And so it almost felt super ironic that by making this change, you know, but if anyone's gone through a divorce, like it can really turn your entire world upside down. And it did for me Um, all for good. And it was all true and real and needed to happen. But it felt kind of ironic that I wanted to live this healthier, kind of more whole, wholesome lifestyle. So got the divorce, left the rock band, stopped partying all the time, which was kind of part of the rock band lifestyle. Um, And then like my digestion stops and I have no period and I meet, you know, someone who we fall in love and want to start a family and I have no period for years. Um, But so my um, kind of path to getting pregnant, um, I didn't even have a period before getting pregnant with our daughter Pema, but I guess I had started to ovulate again um, but I really had to heal my gut by eating for my dosha. so much more nourishing, warm, cooked foods, more protein, um less caffeine, to really prioritize rest and even just trying to rest my super overactive nervous system. I know a lot of women out there can probably understand how it feels to just feel like you have a hair trigger as far as your like overwhelm and your cortisol response and what your nervous system's doing, essentially, like anxiety and overwhelm, you know, were just the default. Um, I received acupuncture. I think that really helped um, down regulate my overactive nervous system. Um, I used some wonderful Ayurvedic herbs and, um, just I think being more spiritually connected to my partner helped. That being like a safe place. And uh, one day I was getting acupuncture, and my or I asked my acupuncturist, should I take a pregnancy test before we before we do this session? Because you know they'll hit different points on your body, or there are certain ones they will not hit if you're pregnant, because they don't want to like cause you know you to like eject you know whatever's happening. But um, depending on where you are. Um, and so I was like, okay, well, I'll just take this pregnancy test. I go in the bath, you know, this public bathroom to take a pregnancy test thinking like barely even looking at it. Cause I'm like, well, of course I'm not pregnant. I haven't had a period yet. We're just trying to restore my period here. Um, and the pregnancy test comes up positive and it was just wild. And it turned out I was already 10 weeks pregnant, but of course I didn't know. Cause I didn't have a period to miss. Um, so it was a wild ride. <laughs>
1: That is so wild. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. And so interesting that you didn't have a period when you got pregnant. I had had a period two times in a one year period post birth control Mm -hmm. before we got pregnant with Harper. And Mm -hmm. I also, I think I hadn't had one since June and I had a positive pregnancy test in October. So yeah, oh my, it's crazy. And I didn't know that. And like you're saying now that it's can be common after hormonal birth control. I had no idea and nobody had ever told me that. Mm. I was so frustrated yeah. that,
0: um, that I didn't know that. And so I think that's a really important thing to bring up. Absolutely. I completely agree. That is not anything that any gynecologists or OBs or most just GPs are letting patients know that this is really common for it to be, to take sometimes a month or two, sometimes, you know, a year or more to regain your regular menstrual cycle after being on hormonal birth control. So, I mean, I think there are so many reasons to really think about your decision as to whether or not you want to be on hormonal birth control. But um, especially if you do want to become pregnant anytime in the near future, that's really something to think about. Because I think a lot of people, because we use birth control to not get pregnant, we kind of just assume, oh, man, as soon as I go off this BC, boop, I'm going to get pregnant. And, you know, then the opposite of that happens. And it's it can be, like, very shocking or depending on where you are, like, what age you are. And, and for me, I had my kids at 39 and 41. So I, I was an older mama. Um, and sometimes that can make you feel some additional pressures, you know, for obvious reasons. Um, but for any of you ladies in your 30s and 40s out there, Oh my gosh, there's so much hope. It happens all the time.
1: (laughs) To just hear people speak out about that and make it a
0: little less taboo is so comforting to so many people. And who are in that boat. I think one of the most important things is to have practitioners who make you feel empowered, hopeful, healthy, like this can happen for you and that you can do this. One thing that I forgot to mention in my talking about our journey to have our first baby, was that I went to a fertility doctor and this man basically made me feel like there was no hope except to get on synthetic estrogen and progesterone to like restore my cycle. And at the time, you know, I have a much more holistic integrative approach, so I don't love pharmaceutical medications, not that I'm totally against them. So it wasn't just the suggestion that I had that my only hope was to get on these prescription drugs, but just the fact that I felt so dismissed and so disempowered and so like I was just, you know, pardon my French, but like just kind of effed like it just wasn't going to happen. There's no hope but i then so i didn't take the synthetic hormones just because i really wanted to more get to the root cause of what was going on and instead i connected myself with some practitioners an acupuncturist who's wonderful a holistic obgyn both women who had a lot of experience with hormones with pregnancy who just made me feel like there was so much hope i felt so supported so loved so guided through this and it was just a completely different Kind of vibe if you will and how cool
1: as you're talking about that one of the most important things from an ayurvedic lens during that time period of our life is to connect with our partners our support systems and then look at that how you you did seek out that support system that could really honor you and then things fell into place and yeah i also i when i did find my ob Um, who I had our first son with, that was my third OB that I had seen uh, before I felt also like seen and heard and honored. And I just, I think there's something to be said about making sure that your providers are really connecting with you.
0: Yes. And you know, I love that you just said that because in my mind, at least in this moment, I hadn't even made that connection that your medical providers can be part of your spiritual and emotional support system and safety net. And in fact, they should, you know, if possible, Um, you know, we're not always going to like want to be BFF with our doctor necessarily, um, but that we can really align and resonate with a practitioner or a doctor and that that in and of itself, like that nurturance and that relationship can really help you along in your journey.
1: Yeah, that is really cool to think about. So what would you say would be some Ayurvedic steps to take or things to consider then as we're progressing on maybe through postpartum, then we get past those initial two postpartum years and Maybe that in between of like postpartum
0: and perimenopause. Postpartum, I think the two hugest takeaways for me are actually very similar to those pregnancy takeaways, but the the rest, I mean, your body has just accomplished this incredible feat and everything, like your whole world is turned upside down in the most amazing way. And also some of the most challenging ways with, with both our children, we had long stays in the NICU, the neonatal ICU, which is brutal to any other NICU moms out there. It is like nervous system dysregulating to the most exponential degree. Um, but so I feel like I can even speak to like my needs, which were not really able to be met postpartum. Um, are, are like an exaggeration of what all postpartum moms need. But so I can like speak to them really clearly, but that rest and recuperation calling on that support system, asking for exactly what you need. Even if you think, Oh, maybe I don't, you know, maybe I can wash those dishes or maybe I can cook tonight. Like just ask for it anyway, <laughs> set yourself up to get more rest. And then the hydration piece. I know for me, coconut water, was a huge lifesaver because I think my body was so depleted of minerals, especially pregnancy and postpartum, your body is just pumping out all of its minerals, all of its reserves. So chug on that coconut water to help you produce that breast milk um, if that's something you decide to do. Um, So yeah, rest in that deep hydration with electrolyte containing uh, beverages specifically. So I feel like menopause and perimenopause they're obviously two different phases. With menopause your menses have ceased or paused permanently. Um but then you know perimenopause is the time leading up to menopause and that can really last anywhere from like 2 to 8 years up to 8 years. That's the phase that I'm in. So I'm 43. Many of my clients are in their 30s, 40s and 50s. Um and specifically like perimenopausal ladies. So First and foremost, Ayurveda would say uh, about this time of life is one of the most important things is to see it with such love and positivity and dispel all these negative connotations that tend to be kind of in our cultural messaging about this time of life. So, you know, like from a basically just like a marketing standpoint – you know, it's all about kind of youth culture in the United States, at least. And so women who are getting older, you know, your your body, your skin, your hair, everything might start changing a little bit and you feel like maybe you're not as valued from a, a medical or like symptom standpoint, all you hear are horror stories about hot flashes and weight gain and bone density issues and, you know, just all these crazy horror stories. Um, But the fact is that it is such a natural, blessed time of life where, I mean, it's blessed because we're lucky if we make it that far, you know, like eons ago, people didn't necessarily live that long <laughs> very often. Um, but so we're so lucky to live that long. And there's so much wisdom and experience and just value in this. So first and foremost, just like really honoring this time of life and finding positive, fun, amazing things about it. And every person has to do that individually because you're not, again, you're not going to get that in the cultural messaging. So it's almost like this um, this beautiful circle where like your spirituality is coming back into play. Um, in Ayurveda, as we get older, um, y- you know, post-menopause especially, we're getting more into what are called your vata years. So vata is one of the doshas that's connected to the air and ether element. And the way that this manifests in our mind, body, and spirit is that everything gets a little more dry, air and ether element <laughs> Your hair gets a little more dry. Your skin gets a little more dry and thin. You know, wrinkles or cracks can start to happen. Some women, most women will experience vaginal dryness or a loss of libido. Um, Just your tissues are not as like plump and juicy as they once were. A little more dryness. But there are a lot of wonderful things we can do with healthy fats, with an Ayurvedic oiling technique called Abhyanga with eating wonderful things like ghee, which is a clarified butter that's super anti-inflammatory and can heal the gut skin. And that's often used in Ayurveda. Um, Even internally, you can use ghee internally. Um, Like a a ghee, ghee soap tampon is a thing in Ayurveda for vaginal dryness. It's amazing. Um, But so that's kind of part of just like knowing that you're going to get a little drier, but that there are things that you can do about that spiritually that air and ether vata uh, manifest in we can be a little more forgetful um we can be a little bit more more spacey but on a positive note we can be a lot more kind of spiritually connected um you know that that same spaciness that can make us a little forgetful also just makes us more spiritually open um sometimes that spaciness or scattered nature of air and ether can cause more anxiety. But then that's also where herbs, nutrition, daily practices can really help us. So, you know, the goal of Ayurveda is to kind of educate you about what is going to naturally be going on in your body at this time of life, and then give you really strategic, wonderful things to help that.
1: That is so cool. We're obsessed with ghee in our house. We love it. So Wonderful.
0: Yes, Yes, Yes big yes. (laughs) I am. So I have a podcast called Beautifully Balanced and I have an episode. It's episode 18 about a really great drink that you can drink anytime during your preconception, pregnancy, postpartum, menopause. Um, I just call it ghee tea, which my partner jokes. It sounds like E.T., that movie about the extraterrestrial. Um, but so ghee tea, making some beautiful herbal tea and putting a teaspoon of ghee in there because um, in liquid form is just a very easy way to assimilate that healthy fat. It's okay and great to put it on food as well, but just in a warm, herbal, liquid um. Anupan is what it's called in Ayurveda or carrier, like how you're getting that into your body. Um, It's just a very easy way for you to absorb and assimilate all those beautiful fatty acids and get all that anti-inflammatory benefit. I'm definitely going to try
1: that and I will link that in the show notes as well. Great. Yeah. ghee (laughs) tea. So what about beyond that. So does do some of those recommendations cover menopause and post menopause mm-hmm. or is there anything else beyond that that you can recommend?
0: Yeah, great clarification there. Thank you for that. So the you know, moving into the vata and really thinking about, you know, oiling the skin, those healthy fats, that grounding, um that is much more menopause and post whereas perimenopause you know would really be a time of balancing your dosha. I think that's a really good time and this is where I work with clients a lot in these perimenopausal years because the perimenopausal years are a real opportunity to get your healthiest and your most balanced and that's your most balanced which your balance is going to be different than anyone else's but because where you are out of balance, that is what is going to kind of manifest. Those are the areas in which you're going to experience unpleasant menopause, like perimenopausal and menopausal symptoms. So different doshas will experience different menopausal symptoms. Vata women will tend to have issues in their older age with. Um, digestive issues, bone loss, more brittle hair and dry skin, vaginal dryness, so all that dryness depletion stuff. So we want to balance that during perimenopause. So all that stuff, those symptoms don't worsen during menopause and into old age. Pitta women will tend to have, pardon me, a lot of hot flashes, inflammation, sometimes weight gain, but it's all like inflammation, that midsection abdominal visceral fat weight gain. Um, so we want to balance that pitta. So you don't have those crazy hot flashes that, you know, you're always reading about on social media or whatever. We can, um, you know, stop that before it starts by balancing your system. Kaffa women, that's the third dosha that we hadn't talked about yet, but they're the more earthy, watery women. So they're going to have more Edema, water retention, weight gain, um, maybe like slow lethargic digestion, slow metabolism. So that's what they're going to want to watch out for or balance out in perimenopause in order to avoid during menopause and old age.
1: That's so interesting how there's these different doshas individually, but then also these different phases of life and just kind of
0: hearing the interplay. So where, where's a good place to start? Oh yes. Such a good question. Well, the first place, the place I would love you to start is to work with me, (laughs) um, to, to think about my beautifully balanced program, which is my integrative health program. I blend functional medicine. So modern science of some lab testing, non-invasive lab testing, but with the ancient wisdom of learning your Ayurvedic dosha, learning all about your, constitution, your digestive style, your hormones, learning about these ancient Ayurvedic self-care techniques and phases of life. So just this beautiful marriage of Eastern and Western holistic integrative medicine. Um, I think if you want to just sort of dip your toe in, um, a great resource on the web is Banyan Botanicals. B A N Y A N botanicals.com. And they have just um, some really interesting, like Ayurvedic guides. If you want to read a little more about an Ayurvedic pregnancy or um, the different doshas, Banyan's a really cool resource. I will warn you, though, if you get on their website, you're going to want to buy all of their products because they look amazing and they are wonderful. Um, but I would say that's a great resource. And then one of my favorite Ayurvedic cookbooks is a cookbook called The Everyday Ayurveda by an author, Kate O'Donnell. And she's just phenomenal. The first section of the book is a really comprehensive kind of introduction to Ayurveda because it is rich and vast. I mean, you can perhaps like hear just the passion in my voice talking about it because it is just such a life-changing philosophy and system of medicine. Um, So there is a lot to learn. but banyan botanicals everyday ayurveda cookbook and then connecting with me are great places to start
1: and i'll link all of that in the show notes how to connect with
0: you those
1: resources as well so many great places to dive into and learn more
0: thank you
1: So I'm curious because you are a busy mom of two, you have your practice, you have so many things going on in life. How do you prioritize your own self-care? And Mm. it doesn't have to be something that you do perfectly. It can also be something that you're working on. But what would those practices be for you, either mentally, physically, or both that you're trying to incorporate or do every Mm. day?
0: I have two just must-have things that I do every day, except for, you know, when we have like an event or like a, you know, special party or something we're going to. But so my first one is be early to bed, early to rise. Um, having that daily rhythm is so crucial for me. Um, I think for every human being, like for every human body, that is crucial and beneficial. I know for me, I function at a very high level, sometimes over functioning <laughs> um, and burning myself out. Um, or getting close to that. But in order not to burn myself out, I know that if I get at least seven to eight hours of sleep, I try to get closer to eight every night. Um, you know, be in bed by 10. I get up at like 5:30 because my children wake up very early and I need to have some time before they wake up to be sane. Um, and that brings us to my second one, which is drinking warm water, um, especially for my digestive style, which is vata. And for vatas, when we're out of balance, we tend to be a little more bloated, a little more sensitive to everything, or maybe get kind of constipated. Um, so warm water is my best friend. Um, we have a great water filter, uh, undersink water filter in our house. I fill up the tea kettle blast it on high for, you know, about a minute until I'm like, this is about the right drink and temp, and then start every day with a big old mason jar of warm water. And it helps me have a good, healthy poop every morning, which Ayurveda is all about the healthy bowel movements. But that sleep and warm water are the non-negotiables for me. Um, and when those are in line, which they pretty much always are, because otherwise I'd, I'm not sure if I'd be able to function as well as I do. Um You know i know i'm i'm good to go like other things other curveballs can fly at me and they totally do all the time but i know i can i can stay sane and feel my best i love both of those because they're free they're
1: simple they're like things that people can prioritize or try their best to do now Mm -hmm. and there's a lot to be said about that because there's some things I think we hear when it comes to self-care and we're like oh I wish I could do that it sounds expensive it sounds cumbersome and these are things we can all try like tonight and tomorrow morning so yes thank you thank you for that you're
0: welcome I totally echo that it's like you know in a perfect world I'd be like oh my you know my monthly you know massage and full spa treatment and my many times a week yoga classes. I would love to do all those things, but those are absolutely not uh, possible with my current schedule and the way my life is right now. So those really simple things um, are totally attainable, like you just said, free, transformative. And I really work to educate my clients about why those are so important, like all that those can do physiologically for you, because it's so important for us to know like why something works in general or for our specific body. And then we have the buy-in to actually do the thing, you know, and follow through. Definitely.
1: Well, thank you so much for being here. This has been an amazing conversation. I just gonna like let everything marinate, try so many of these things at home, ghee tea, the warm water in the morning, Uh, continuing to try to prioritize my sleep, just all the things. So thank you. Thank you, Helene. If you'd like more ancient wisdom and Ayurvedic knowledge from Sarah, be sure to visit her website. That is www.sarateeple.com. On her website and in the show notes, you will find a link for a free holistic health chat with Sarah. You can also find Sarah on social media at Teeple Holistic. If you enjoyed today's conversation, please make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. I'd also be so grateful if you take a few moments to rate and review the podcast. It helps other moms connect with the experts and resources we share on the show. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen today and being part of the Mind Body Mother community.